Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode. This is a recording of a podcast that I was on someone else's podcast. It's the Absolute Business Podcast. And I thought it was a great episode and I would share it as a bonus on my uh, podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. And thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show. This is the Absolute Business Mindset Podcast created and hosted by Mark Hayward. This podcast will interview entrepreneurs, business owners, and people in their careers. We will delve into their journey to success, key life milestones, and go deep into their area of expertise. Get ready to learn from others' successes and failures. Today we have John Papaloni. Hello, John, how are you? I'm doing very well. Good, I'm so glad you could join me today. Um, We're gonna have a conversation about your journey to success, where you are now, and we're going to talk a little bit about your experience, and, and you have a varied experience, which is going to be absolutely fascinating. Then we'll go into your area of expertise with real estate and sales, and your your new venture, Just Ask John. So we'll, let's let's have some fun. So first things first, you said to me that your first job was in McDonald's. Yes, when and you I actually 15, got a, an interesting 15? story on that too. Oh, please tell me, go for it. So basically, when I was young, I was about 14 years old, getting close to 15. And I wanted to, um, I was totally into DJing and music. And I, yep. and I like really radio was my passion, but I thought I'll get into music, DJing and stuff. I can build my way into that. Yep. And I was, you know, like when I was in school, my dad, you know, used to give me a pocket change to, uh, you know, whether I'm going out with friends, you know, for a movie or whatever and all that. So yeah. I, I, you know, being inquisitive, I thought maybe he'll pay for my records too. And uh, that was a laugh and a half for him. So <laughs> he says, whenever you go to work, you can buy whatever you want. Right. Was supplying education and a place to live. And that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> so what ended up happening is I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to get a job. Right. So I got hired at McDonald's and I was literally there and I worked as many hours as I can that allowed me to buy the records and equipment I wanted. Right. So my dad said this, didn't actually think I'd go through with it. <laughs> right. So I'm coming home with all these things. Like, Where's this stuff coming from? Right. All these records, whatever, and all that. And I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. He goes, you're spending your whole paycheck. Hey, you said, when I get a job, I can do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Well, I learned later on, he didn't totally mean that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he thought I was taking too much time away from school to do this. And to be honest, he might've been right. Because I was never really a big scholar. School wasn't my thing. I did it yeah. to go through with it because that's just what we're programmed to do and told yeah. to do as a kid. Go to school, get a good education, get a good job. You know, yeah. the same old thing everybody does. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting it. Now, it, it flew and everything was fine. But the exception is I didn't have an amplifier and speakers for my system. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go out and buy a stereo system. That did not go very well. Oh, why? When I brought it home, my dad looked at it and he said, what the heck is that? I told him it was a stereo. And he just thought I was going overboard. He literally made me bring it back. Uh, okay. So he was supportive until he saw the stereo. <laughs> and then uh, for whatever reason, you know what it is? I don't think he understood what the other stuff was. 
Right, right. He just looked at it. There's more crops coming into the house and just let it go. He knew what a stereo was because my brother had it. My sister had it. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, old family immigrant, right? And he's like, that's a waste of money, you know? Like, (laughs) so, (laughs) so, yeah. So then I ended up working at McDonald's to get all the money. And eventually I I found a back door way of getting one in. My brother brought one over and kind of just because he had moved out already. Because, yeah. And so he brought one over and my dad kind of let that slide. So I got my way out around that. And I remember I, I got onto the baseball team with McDonald's as well. So this is how this ended. Um, I was, we were in the playoffs, like for the league. Right. And I was scheduled to play. I was really good at playing baseball. Like as an example, I was able to hit home runs at age 15. Um, My, my pitch was like 90 miles an hour. Hmm. So I, you know, I was really talented there, natural talent. So I was excited to play. Then one of the managers, like the, uh, the second in charge, had scheduled me to work on play day. But the person who uh, was in the league was the general manager. So I thought, he's the general manager. He'll move me off. Yeah. Well, not really. What he said was that if you got scheduled, you know, I'm sorry, there's a blip in that. But um, you know what? That's she, you know, so-and-so is in charge of the schedule. I'm not going to change that on her. Oh, no. Well, he goes, if you can find someone to take your place, then great come on to the team if yeah. you can't then sorry so i was determined i found tried to find somebody i didn't find anybody game day came in and i thought hmm, i wonder if they talk to each other i'm gonna try right so i went to the game goes oh you found somebody oh yeah no i didn't find anybody which you figured out later i played the game had a blast and then i got fired but so (laughs) i you know that was uh an interesting moment but from that point in time i didn't go back to getting another job right away i you know when you know summertime came around now i was like like and i decided i was going to uh continue djing i started getting little gigs here and there and at this point and i was almost 16 so almost getting my driver's license so just had to show up. I started doing house parties at first. Then mm-hmm. once I got my driver's license, I started going for the nightclubs. But of course, you know, I've been a few months without income or very little income because how much do the house parties pay for a 15 year old? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's one of those things I thought, now what do I do? So I took on a part-time job at a gym. I'm working in the pro shop. Right. A friend of mine uh, recommended me there because he worked there as well. And I did that throughout high school. So that's kind of how um, I started my DJing career. And, yeah, well, and let's, then, oh, let's I go a little bit into your DJing career because because it's, it's it's really important. It's an important part of your story. Your yes. your DJing. You've talked about buying the records and were you using LPs? Were you using vinyl? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, wow. so, I believe that's the way to be. And 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 what did you? Because there, there's you, there's through here. There's radio host and there's there's involvement in radio and DJing through the early part of your career yes this is exactly where i was heading into the story right okay yeah because like i said my main intent was to get on radio so in high school uh grade 12 i believe like the second last one before you graduate i did co-op at a station here called z103 except back then it was called hot 103 but it's the same station Hmm. so i did a co-op there you know i'm thinking get my name out there maybe i'll get recognized and that was my intent um i lasted there even a little bit longer beyond the co-op didn't go the way I planned or thought it could, okay. but it still was a great experience. And I learned a lot of what goes on in the scene. So it did help me a lot. Um, then I became a bigger name in DJing and I got a lot more serious gigs within the clubs. And I 
found a way on radio because each night clubs would do live broadcasting. So I made it so that the club would hire the DJ. So they hired me and then I was, so I was playing live on air, Amazing. which I loved. Yeah. So I did that until I got into the next business. And one of the reasons I quit because my intent was to get on radio and I was DJing for a very long time. As I, as I said, I started at 15. I probably quit around 25. Wow. Right. So you were good good then. Yes. And I overlapped in businesses, right? I started one business. It got to the point when I felt overwhelmed Mm. where, you know, I'm sort of going, okay, I can't skip the club, Mm. but now I can't deliver to customers either. So what do I do? Mm. You know what I mean? When it comes to that point, I started to have to make tough decisions. Then I lost the radio spots because the clubs got rid of the radio. And while I wasn't there for the clubs, I was there for the radio. So I thought that was my cue to exit. Awesome. So, so then you started a print and marketing business. Yes. And I think that there was overlap with that and the DJ. And Correct. The host. Right, right. Correct. So, so what made you, because it's all about um, promotional material and things like that, that you were doing. So, so what was, was that, was that a continuation of your experience within radio and DJing that the promotional materials were important? Did you see that as an avenue where you could start a little business? No, actually that came by fluke as well. Okay. Right. Like what ended up happening is that remember I said, I worked in the pro shop, right? Yeah. So I met a lot of people there and I got it. I met one guy that used to work for a major company that, um, but did a lot of major products like Reebok Brooks, whatever. He was a design per, uh, guy, right? He was in, in the designs and I bought my first computer on my own. Like I had computers since I was 13, but it was always my brother bought it with me or my sister bought it with me. Right. Like, and you know what I mean? But this is the first time I bought my very own computer and I was setting it up and I was doing it while I was at work. Wow. So, <laughs> so my, my friend who, uh, you know, still friends to this day walked by and uh, cause he used to play squash and pro shop was right by the squash courts. And he saw my computer and he says, Oh, do you have this program and that program? I go, yeah, I got, I got it. He goes, let me show you some stuff. So he started showing me some design stuff i thought wow that was cool like i i want to learn right and i said you know what when i got out of high school i never went to school i just dropped so i thought you know what i'm gonna go i i tried sorry i lied i tried going for like business admin i lasted a whole uh 45 days and said no nah, i'm not going back this is not for me okay. so then i said you know what i'm interested in this so i'll go into school for graphics or digital design yep. so i signed up right away once he showed me that stuff it interests me i signed up i finished the program and then um, where, during that process, I started a business, re, you know, where I started reselling print because I found a wholesaler that would help me, like, you know, help me in terms of pricing and quantities and everything. So right. I started, uh, my first client was Bali Total Fitness. Yes. You said right? this is your first major client. Yes. And they were my first, and they started off just as business cards, right? right. I did, they just started, oh, here's a business card, you know, do our business cards. Then, uh, then a friend of mine there as well, the sales guy there says, hey, you can start a little business card business. You know, I thought about it and said, you know what? This is easy because I can, you know, I had enough time, you know, to do this at the time because I wasn't that spread out and it was still small enough. Mm. I kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more and more and more. And then uh, all of a sudden, I didn't have time for anything else. Um, I, I kept the DJing going, obviously, but that was Fridays and Saturdays. And at that time, it was all corporate. So I didn't have nighttime deliveries. Mm. Mm. So it worked out fine. How did you win that first client? I'm I'm just interested, like at at, at the age, however, in your twenties, you were relatively young. You were starting out on a business. You had the technical skills, you had the graphics skills, but there's a whole element of business, which, um, which is all about sales and, and building relationships and, and being able to close people. 
how on when you were closing your first few clients or your your major client, you said Bali Total Fitness was your first major client, right? How did you actually close them, or was it that it was someone that it was friends with and it was it was easy? But I really want to hone it hone into that sales side of it. Yeah, well, really, that was I just bumped into my buddy who like uh, he was the general manager there at the time. And he just said, we need business cards and head office can't send it to us for a while. I'm in a rush. Do you know anybody? So I started, I printed his business card up. And when he suggested you start, you could start a little business card business. Then I said, well, can I count you in? So he got me in there. The only condition was they wanted 60 day terms. That didn't matter to me. Pay me 60 days, pay me 40 days, pay me 90 days. What difference does it make? Right. It's not like it was uh, a company that I'll go under the next day. It was a company that was pretty established. I wasn't worried about it at all. And to be honest, at that age, it never occurred to me that somebody could not pay. <laughs> so I, I just started printing business cards. Then he started showing me other stuff that he printed. It's like, I could do that too. Right. So he goes, well, what do you do? I thought it was just, I do everything. So then I started getting a lot more printing and I just got busy enough that I no longer worked the pro shop and I just DJed and print during the day. Like it was really awesome. And that's when I learned networking and sales a bit. Yeah. Um, I even thought I can go beyond and I'll join them. Um, on a sales level, believe it or not, I took a job with them for sales. Right. Um, and it was funny because I developed such a relationship with everybody in the organization that head office did the uh, final interviews. And the guy, I remember, he sat me down and we went through the interview. He goes, I'm not going to lie to you. He goes, based on our conversation, I probably would pass on you. He goes, um, he goes, I just don't think you're experienced enough in sales. Mm. But he goes, I'm not going to lie there's not a damn person in this building that does not want me to hire you. And he goes, I no, I'm also not the type to go against everybody as well. Right. So I ended up getting a job, but they sent me to training. Right. That's where I built more sales skills as a, as a, as a result. And what, what was that training? Like what, what's, what sort of areas did they touch? Can you just sort of give us an insight into, into that sort of sales training that you had? Oh, um, that was going back a lot. Um, I was everything from a, from approach to uh, tactics to um, uh, to, to follow through closing. Like it, it was just from start to finish. It was obviously I learned more in practice than I did just in the training. Yeah, but at least it opened my eyes. Um, one of the things I learned from that is, again, a lot of my pitch was I, 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 me, me, me. This is what I can do. How wonderful I am, mm -hmm. and that was one of the things they pointed out was uh, don't focus on yourself. Focus on the benefits to the clients. Right. So I, I learned how to change that portion of it. And uh, and so you, you had this business. It was just you, was it? It was always just you, the, the, the business you did. You didn't look to hire anyone or get anyone else involved. Oh, heck no, no. I, I eventually I learned a lesson there with uh, when I lost the Bally Fitness as a client down the road. Um, what ended up happening is I, you know, I was a dead end there. Right. Like I go, now what? Um, so I ended up figuring out a new tactic. I ended up, uh, realizing, you know what, I can get into wholesaling. Like what, what product, what is out there that nobody is doing? Mm. Everybody wants large business, large corporations. Everybody wants, you know, large orders, yeah. but everyone's ignoring the small stuff because they just don't think it's worth it. So I had an idea. Why don't I assemble? I'm going to use print as an example. This, cause this is how everything else built out. Mm. I, I decided that, you know what, as an example, I could fit 60 business cards on one print sheet, 
there isn't a person out there a printer that wants that business card because why bother to start a press it cost them roughly a thousand bucks just to get started right so why would you want to start a press for a 75 dollar business card mm. it makes no sense it's a waste of time but of course if you got somebody like like a major corporation that's giving you one hundred fifty thousand dollar uh, in orders and uh, one order mm. like for a magazine or something you're not going to say oh i don't want to print your 75 dollar business card right so they were always lost leaders so and i thought about it and i said i can gang run them and group them all together and run 60 at a time for different corporations right. so i can be the wholesaler for the small products nobody wants so i partnered with a printer i didn't even buy my own equipment i partnered with a printer right. and said you want the large sheets with multiple printouts i'll bring you that mm. and then i divided the sheets with different products so i was getting orders like that and i thought i was you know i didn't know it was going to scale the way it did it got to the point that I was doing one print sheet a week, then two print sheets a week, three print sheets a week. Then I got to the point that I was doing four or five a day. Wow. Now to translate it, the print, the print run cost $1,400 and then revenue on that was $2,700 per order. Yeah. Now, if you do the math on that, I'll, I'll, like I'll do it quickly for you. So 2,700 times five a day, that's $13,500 a day times five days, 67, five, five a year times 52 weeks. That's three and a half million dollars. I ended up scaling to the point that it got to about 10 a year. And then, uh, yeah, so I got that. That was my peak. I got I got ranked in the top 100 uh, in North America. Now, and that, when I say top and that 100, was still I'm doing smaller clients and that was still doing smaller businesses. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a mixture. I was all wholesale. I had very, very little end user, almost no end users. Right. Um, and it was just other graphic designers reselling my products and other print, even printers. Printers didn't want to turn on the press for this stuff. Wow. So I, I just found a loophole, a wholesale end of it. And that's how I got it. And at that point in time, I had a few corporate clients. I'm not going to say I didn't have any. Okay. But to be honest, I didn't care if they left. Um, not because I don't want the business, but because I was so busy with the wholesaling. Hmm that the attention these big corporations would need wasn't there for me. I, so I, I really, at the time it was insignificant to me in comparison to the rest. So, which is the, usually the opposite of what I, what most people go after. And, and, and what happened to that business in the end? Like, so if you were peaking at significant sums, what, what, what made you shut it, close it? I, yeah, that was, for, I got fed up to be honest. That was the main thing. I saw the business changing and I wasn't interested in where it was going. Um, I just, I was in there long enough. I had enough. Um, it got to the point that I would have complaints and my initial reaction would be fuck off. Not part of my language, not wanting to solve the problem. Hmm. Um, and it was mainly because you get burned enough times. And this is where I learned that not everybody pays, <laughs> right? So you get burned enough time. Now you think every time somebody complains, it becomes, uh, oh, they just don't want to pay. Hmm. which isn't always the case but when you become jaded and you burn out and you had enough and you just, like you just get fed up you want out i had did you sell I, the business i did now i sold it to one of my suppliers believe it or not okay okay what ended up happening is that the, the, a job went bad and it legitimately went bad but he wouldn't answer his phone when i called to get the job rectified okay and it just wouldn't answer it kept the the, the new jobs kept coming but he wouldn't solve the old one I don't know what the heck is going on. 
but nor, neither will he bill me for anything. So we went six months without a bill. I had like not one bill, right? Like, and all of a sudden he came around the office talking buddy, buddy. And I'm sitting there going, you're not here for buddy, buddy. You're here because you haven't been paid yet. And it's been six months and now you, you want me to pay. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that. I mean, that's just natural business instinct. Yeah. So I said, okay, let, let, let's, let's break the, uh, br- you know, bring the elephant in the room here. You're here for money. But no, no, I'm not. No, no, you're here for money. Let's not play in. You know, he goes, okay. So we were talking. I go, yeah, it's funny. When there's, everything's great, you're here to collect. When things are bad, you're nowhere to be found. Well, yeah. what do you mean? He's playing. Like, he's playing stupid, right? So I called him out on it and I said, look at this job. He goes, oh, I had no idea. I go, no, you did. Your partner answered the phone and he said, he'll get you to call. And you just never called. Mm-hmm. So I go anyways. And I was angry at the time, right? Because I remember I'm already said I'm burnt out and I'm fed up. Yeah. Right. So I said, you know, if I had X amount of dollars, I'd be out of this damn business. Well, that was a Friday. Monday morning, him and his business uh, partner were uh, in front of me. We were discussing and, we ha- and I had an exit strategy. They called me on that and I had to think about it and said, was I serious or not? So I got actually more than what I wanted. So I just said, I'm out of here. So, and that was how I exited. Um, I think I sold a year too early, but better a year too early than a year too late. Right. True. True. So I'm not, I don't regret that. I was ready for a change. I was ready for something different. Right. So let's, let's keep the momentum of things because there's lots to talk to you about. So then you went to click GTA and click radio. So why don't you yes. tell me a little bit about that? Okay. So that's kind of back to my DJing roots. Right. And we had uh, a few people out there that like, that did a lot of club events that would promote clubs and stuff on their site. We had one, well, we have one company that's still around today that does, that does basically uh, provide information and um, content based on what's going on around in the greater Toronto area. Right. So it's almost like an info site. So I had an idea. Why don't I do that? So that was click GTA. It was like an info site on every event and every feature going on in the greater Toronto area. Okay. Hence the GTA part. Wow. But I thought the reason I did this also, I wanted to integrate back into my roots of wanting to be in radio. Right. So since I didn't get an FM dial, like to the level I wanted, mm-hmm. I'm going to create my own through the internet. So it was internet radio. Right. So I called that click radio. And so they were hand in hand together. They worked like basically it bounced between each other, I was also able to find a way to get that, that, because how do you listen to it besides on your computer? Mm. Well, I found a way that people can stream it through the Blackberry because Blackberry is big at the time and, um, and be able to stream it through their car while driving to the club so they can listen to what's going on while they're driving rather than listening to the FM dial. Right. Right. So it was pretty cool. I started building up that too. And it was exhilarating. Like it was what an experience. And, and that's how I started getting into the online world. Right. Right. So um, obviously revenue came from the clubs paid us for the live streaming. Yeah. Um, obviously, if I had a DJ gig, I got paid for that, too. I didn't do a lot of those because it's hard to do both. So, But I did once a week. I did it for fun. Uh, but then I also got to um, we had, you know, advertisers. And it's not the same traditional advertising as the FM dial where you're listening to it. Because when you're playing, you'd have the player and on the bottom of the player would be the advertiser. Right. Right. So it was a way for people to listen without having to listen to constant ads. Mm. So it kind of worked the best of both worlds there. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we have banner ads on the uh, thing. We had sponsorships. So it turned out to be a pretty decent business. Um, It was a lot of work. I'll tell you that much. I mean... I mean, a lot of details, a lot more details than uh, my other previous businesses. 
Right. Because, I mean, let's face it, you had to be on the ball. I mean, connections could break. And if people aren't paying attention, they think they're streaming and they're not. Mm. Mm. So there's always something on there. And oh, and just to clarify, even going back to the print business, I had eventually I had 23 employees. That's how I ended. Okay. So I, I yeah, so like I, I did scale and then the radio part, I was trying to scale as well. Right. Right. So which would have been great. And was, was the scaling to larger areas covering to different, different geographical areas or how were you scaling that business? Ah, I started doing multiple streams per uh, night. So it's not just the one club. I can promote multiple. And it's not just clubs. I'm using clubs as an example. We, we could have events and festivals as well. Hmm. Uh, it, like, there was plenty of opportunities, right? There's, uh, we can also have promos where sometimes, um, I'll give you an example. A, a gym would have a launch day. So we can you know, stream live from the gym. So hmm. we have music going on at their event. So we're providing the music as well as streaming and advertising during the event. That would be the time we would talk over the music and to let people know what was going on instead of just relying on them to look on their phone. But that, that, um, that's a lot of technical. And that's why I said uh, yeah. that, that, that there was more detailed because there's more room for error. Yeah. How right? are you so, actually streaming it? How are you able to, to like say an event or, or, or a club night or whatever it was? How, were, how did you stream it to, to the internet? Ah, well, that was easy. I mean, it was the computer and ultimately that pushed it to the internet. We'd right. have the stereo system that go into the computer right. through connectors and stuff. Right. Now there was, there was streaming apps out there. Like there was apps and um, it wouldn't be apps back then. It was programs. We had programs there that posted it to like a server and the server would push out the music and the server was connected to the website or through my app. Right. And, and, and did you ever lose connection? I'm imagining at that stage, it was still like internet connection wasn't perfect then. So uh, how were you able to overcome those issues? I rarely lost connection, but that's why I'd have to always have somebody monitoring it to make sure it didn't go down. Right. So it was not flawless like my other stuff, like where I could not be there and it would still run. Hmm. I don't have to be there, but somebody's got to pay attention to make sure the levels are still bouncing. Yeah. Right, like and all that and it's not a very hard fix now i my biggest expense in terms of that was um was the uh, portable internet because often we would rely on wi-fi at whatever venue that was there but as you know sometimes wi-fi is not reliable yeah so back then i had to have a connection i couldn't just tell them that they're not uh gonna get streaming because they can't connect mm. So, and it's not like today where you get 40 gigabytes for $30. Yeah. Back then you're paying like $30 a gigabyte. Yeah. And the yeah. number of times that I had gone, you know, and used that online uh, or the portable Wi-Fi at $30 a gigabyte or $35 a gigabyte, mm -hmm. I had, I had months where I've had a seven, $800 bill, put it that way. Right. So that had to be budgeted for, I learned that one the hard way. Right. And you closed those businesses because they did. And uh, did you, you, you close them? You didn't sell them. Correct. And why did you decide to close them rather than try and sell them to someone else? At the time, my uh, parents felt uh, fell ill. Well, my mom had Alzheimer's and she went to a retirement home, but that I was still able to continue with. But when my dad got sick as well, at that point in time, I was uh, at home with him. And it was too hard to rely on other people to do everything because it's just 
increased staff, increased expenses. Yeah. And without having anyone going out there and doing major sales and increasing sales, yeah. it went from profitable to a loss. And I thought since I'm off indefinitely and I don't know how long I'm going to be gone, right. I right. don't know if I want to keep losing money until I can recoup. Mm. Plus, I also saw a shift in the market. So I would have to transform the business to adapt at the same time. So right. I thought about it and said, that's going to cost even more money. So I've got to spend money to, ad to adapt and transform. And I've got to spend money to be more employee driven than I already was. Right. So I looked at that and I said, you know what? Maybe this is a sign to cut out. Okay. Okay. So, so you took some time out uh, with your parents and then you pivoted to real estate. So we're coming up to where we are now with your expertise that you've got now. And one of the areas is real estate. Yes. So what, why did you think real estate after printing, DJing, radio, online radio? Why did you think real estate? Well, my sister, not my sister, my parents uh, used to uh, be landlords. And I remember as a kid going to the uh, homes to collect rents and, and do whatever repairs or anything that he needed to do. I used to go with my dad then because back then we were pretty close. And I used to go with them and I used to uh, be around that all the time. Yeah. Um, I used to go to open houses just to look for curiosity. Mm. So I started to think about it and said, you know what? I'm not going to go back and do what I already did. Yeah. Uh, markets have changed. So what do I want to do in my life? So I thought since I'm going to open houses already mm. and I'm doing it quite frequently. Mm. So obviously I have an interest in this. So why not pursue it and look more, look into it more. And maybe instead of doing it for free, I can be at open houses to get paid. Right. So that's what piqued my interest. And then as I learned more, I, I took more interest in it. Um, and, and your current business and real estate agent, would you cover the Toronto area? Yeah, I, I cover the greater Toronto area and surrounding areas. Right. And, um, and so you're, you're, you're now an agent where you're finding people, we call them estate agents in the UK. You're, you're essentially an estate agent finding people with uh, want to sell homes and buy homes correct and, and what, what's that experience so I've, I've got some property experience i, I own a, a couple of properties myself how how is real estate agent how have you learned things from your previous jobs and businesses that's now helping you in the real estate because there's obviously transferable skills how, what sort of skills do you think now do you think back, oh, well, I'm glad I did that because I can now implement that in the real estate business? Right. Now, one, the first thing I can learn, I can answer one word, my most important uh, feature, mm. patience. Right. Right. Because um, it's not as easy as just finding something on the internet, throwing an offer through, the, uh, through an email and boom, there you go. Because a lot of times what you see in the internet and what you see in person aren't the same thing. Yeah. And a lot of times it's also people skills. Because yeah. sometimes what people say and yeah. what they actually are looking for are not the same thing. Yeah. Right. So it takes the patience to sit there and try to understand the person and not try to rush them. Because at the end of the time, if you're rushing them and you're trying to pressure them, even if you convince them to buy something, you may convince them to buy the wrong thing. Hmm. And that just causes other problems. Right. So if you understand what they're looking for, you can help them find the right thing that works for them. Right. Uh, yeah. And that, and that's the thing, right? Also, the, I learned how important it is to take action quickly. 
right? I'm a very, very quick action taker. Like a lot of times, if I had an idea for you, my indirect thing is, why haven't we done it already? It's not really like we should do this. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Just Ask John, which is relatively fledgling business. But again, you're, you're sort of helping people. You're trying to help people with their business ideas. So tell me a little bit about that business. Right. It's a, it's a coaching business. My official launch is actually in the new year. Okay. I mean, it's, it's there, it's in the background and I'm already uh, signing people up, but I, my official launch isn't to the new year. Okay. And what it is, is that it's like sort of the next step. I have taken what I know and how do I pass on that information? How do I help develop other people so they can replicate what I've learned and maybe avoid some of the mistakes or learn from the mistakes that I've made. And, and it's just a way to help other people scale and grow. Uh, are, you, I, are you looking to do courses? Are you looking to one-to-ones, group sessions? What's, what's, the, what's the format that you're going to use? I'm doing both group and one-to-one. Right. Um, I, I believe, especially for the industries that I've been in, it's a lot, it comes with a lot of questions. Mm. And not to, I'm not going to say I'm never going to do courses, but I believe more in the interaction part of it because not a, no two solutions are the same. Yeah. Where do you think all this entrepreneurship came from? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I, it was just natural. It was just, it, it's one of those things that I just like doing stuff on my own. I don't like to be told what I can't do because right. I'm going to find a way to do it. Mm. Even if it's painful. Mm. So it's one of those things. It's almost like, it's like, it's like the, the need to create or the need to do it is out there. It's like you're choking and can't breathe if you're not doing it. Like, like, I don't regret what I've done and failed at. I regret what I didn't try. Yes. Yes. And what's, what do you feel the difference is between selling products? You were saying things like your printing business and, and the radio to actually selling services, which is a different thing. What, what do you think the similarities and differences are between that from a very practical experience of yours? Okay, well, service is like you're selling the invisible. People may not necessarily understand why they need it. Hmm. Where product is very simple. You're selling a product, whether it's printing, a phone, whatever it is, it's a product. It costs a certain amount. You either want it or you don't want it. Right. Right. Like it's very simple. Now, like we'll take a service. We'll take coaching as an example. Yeah. Sometimes people believe they can do it on their own. Like, oh, I can Google everything. Some, but sometimes a certain experience you have, you can help direct them so they can avoid that mistakes. But they don't know that they need that. Mm. Right? Because everybody gives it a bunch of advice. Let's, let's face it. There's not going to be a shortage of, of advice out there. Yeah. Every, you know, your brother, your sister, your mother, your friends, the people you have never met, all have advice for you. Yes. But the difference between uh, that service, like coaching, is typically... A coach has been there, done that, and has already been where you want to go. Yeah. So they can teach you the path and the adjustments they had to make along the way. Yeah. Right? So it's highlighting the difference of going on your own versus having someone to help you. Now, some of the ways to sell that service is through content, as an example. Yeah. Right? Like when you build content, I, I lead through education. Yeah. 
right? It's like even part of it even comes in through selling a home, right? I lead through education. I teach people how to sell their own home. Now we know that 97% of the people are not going to do it. They may think they're going to do it. They'll open up the computer, look at the screen and go, nope, and then call somebody. 3% are going to say, I got it. I'm going to do it. And that's it. That's fine. Because they never wanted to use you anyways. Mm -hmm. You can't sell every somebody that doesn't want to buy, no matter how you turn it. There's always going to be an excuse for that. But if you start off by education, you do education through content, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, helping people helps you in service because you're showcasing your experiencing your showcase experiences. I mean, you're showcasing your talent and everything, you know, and it proves that you're the expert in that field. Then what ends up happening is people say, well, if I don't know, John's got to know, which is why my slogan for the just ask John is when in doubt, just ask John. Nice. Nice. Um, one of the things you said in the, in the research is that personal development has been really important for you. Um, is that, is that upskilling using like books? Is it courses? Is it what, what, what's, what's important to you for personal development? Well, I've been through a lot of things like conferences. I've done conferences. I've done uh, events. I've done, uh, I listen to podcasts all the time. Like, in fact, when most people drive, they're listening to music. I don't listen to music. I don't even know what's current anymore. Um, I drive with the podcast. Playing you're a DJ on. and you're a DJ for years. I know. You, you, you left it behind, have you? I did. I did. I actually did. remember when I said I got into DJing, my ultimate was the radio. So the radio was more important than the music to me. Right. Okay. Right. Not that I didn't like the music. Don't misunderstand me. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't my objective. Um, where the podcast, I figure it's a way to learn and drive. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If I'm doing an hour drive and I listen to music, what do I get? Okay. I get moves and grooves, whatever. And that's all I get out of it. Yeah. But if I listen to a podcast, I may learn something or or discover something that I didn't know within the same 45 minutes. I'm driving 45 minutes regardless. Yeah. I might as well learn from it. Yeah. I can use audible to get, re- so if I don't want to read the book, I can use that while I'm driving too. So it could be read to me. Yeah. Um, again, conferences, I think are huge because not only do you get the learning aspect, but you also get the networking and, and uh, interaction from it. Yeah. You can ask questions on a podcast. You, what are you, you're not, what are you going to do? Talk to your phone. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I, I find in, from history, the more, the person who has the most questions usually are the ones who are learning the most from it. Yeah. And uh, are, there, are there any 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 of your favorites uh, like the courses and things that you've done? Is there anyone that you'd say has had the biggest impact on you? Um, when I started this personal development journey and wanting to learn about it, and like when I converted from that music to personal development, we'll say yeah. um, the person that I used to uh, listen to and follow a lot was Darren Hardy. Um, he was at the time the publisher of Success Magazine, and to this day, I read his books, Compound Effect. Um, I forgot the other one, but the entrepreneur roller coaster, um, that was a main key one for me. Now I still have other people that I follow. Like right now, one, one that I follow a lot and, and listen to a lot was Stacey Tushel. She has foot traffic formula. Um, there's other ones as well. Uh, there's some people even in the real estate, uh, businesses as well that I listen. Cause I mean, I'm in that field. Yeah. So, so and, there's a few. Okay, cool. And, uh, and, and what's, what's the, so we'll, we'll come on to sort of the future. What's the next plan for the next two to five years for uh, 
business sales just ask john where, where do you see all of this going right so i'm starting in the new year like i said um one thing is i'm finding a buyer's agent my objective is people looking for a home i have no intention of showing them homes anymore okay not because i'm not willing to do it but part of the scaling and part of the larger plan yeah and growth is you got to build up a team yeah you're doing it all by yourself you're always in the stuck in the same rat race yeah so part of my building is finding a buyer's agent and I'm going to maybe might find more than one so they can have specialists in different areas. So if yeah. somebody's looking just say in the West end of Toronto, I have one buyer's agent that can go help them because they know the West inside out. Mm. Someone's going the East side and vice versa. So at yeah. that point in time, expand your reach, you expand the, 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 the number of people that know you and, mm. um, and, be, and, and, you know, the more people around you, the more you get to learn and more you develop. So wow. by doing that, I've eliminated some of the footwork and I've also created a uh, bigger market. So I will still focus on the listings, obviously, mm. until I outgrow that too. Then I will get a listing agent. Right. So on top of that, I'm upping my content game. Uh, I, again, right now I'm uh, I'm doing two po two recordings a week. One's a podcast. One's a short. Okay. My intent in the new year is I'm going to be daily. So. And that's part of the coaching too. Remember I said learning through education. Yep. So that's part of the plan there. Now with this. What platforms are you going to use? You're going to use podcast and YouTube to do the shorts. The shorts. Yes. I'm going to do podcast. Actually to, be, to do the shorts, I use all social media. I use a program called StreamYard. Yeah. I'm able to, uh, to um, even go live simultaneously to many yeah, platforms. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. It's really good. I don't use it myself, but I know people who are in this podcast area that use StreamYard and they can publish to YouTube, Facebook, all yes. at the same time. It's very, it's a very useful tool. Exactly. And believe it or not, right now I use LinkedIn a lot mm. and I've got on the TikTok bandwagon. I didn't originally. Originally I looked at it and said, I think this is stupid, but um, I found other ways of using it. I mean, you know what, as I looked at it and I said, this, it's, it's okay for entertainment but I don't see a business sense in it, right? I'm not going to go around, stand in front of the camera and do the, the dummy dance just to get attention, right? But again, I found different ways of using it. I thought, why not create a clip, a one-minute clip? Yeah, go on. A one-minute clip where I can give an educational piece of information in that one minute, then post it on TikTok. And that's for your coaching business, not the real estate. Have you, have you managed to leverage it for real estate TikTok? I do both because in a way that it's transferable. Right. Um, where the difference is with the coaching on my coaching platforms, I'll talk about the realtor and what, uh, and some of the uh, things they can do to leverage their business. Right. We're on the real estate platform. I'm going to talk from the consumer perspective. Right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. So we come into the end of the interview. I ask the same six questions to all of my guests. They quick fire questions. They don't need a quick fire answer. Um, but yeah, quick, quick five questions. First question is what's the best decision that you made? Best decision I've ever made. Mm. Action. Just take action. If you have an idea, take action. Awesome. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Fail fast and fail often so you can learn from it and do it better later. Awesome. That's a great answer. Who helped you most in your career? Believe it or not, that guy that I told you showed me the graphics part, his name is Tony. Right. Um, had he not sat down with me on the computer like that, I would have never even found that curiosity. Once I found that curiosity, it just expanded from there. 
It's a really interesting point you should talk about curiosity because I, I get that. I can see that when you're talking about the different businesses you've been in. It was all curiosity to understand the market, understand the business. How can I then scale the business? The, the curiosity is, is, is throughout your whole career. It's, it's amazing. Um, next question. Any regrets? Only one thing, again, summarized in one word, hesitation. If you hesitate, then you're not really sure. So either don't do it or jump into it. Don't hold back. Is there any examples where you hesitated and didn't action? Hmm. Mm. Like right now with the answer. Um. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, there's a lot of times, right? Like I think as an example, you, we even take investments, right? Like sometimes I've... Uh, I hesitated. I hesitated because like we'll take the go back to the print business. I wanted to get into a real estate purchase a lot sooner, but mm. that business was heavy into cash flow. Mm. Right? Like again, with that kind of numbers I'm talking to you about, I'm not I couldn't survive on a thousand dollar cash flow. I I'd need like at least one to two hundred thousand dollars at a time. So when I go and put the money in that house, that would leave me cash poor. Mm. Like you know, so I hesitated, even though I would recoup it really quickly. I worry about what about if I don't make that gap? I'm, you know what I mean? So I hesitated and then, you know, you know what happened to real estate? They started at one price and yeah. by the time you're ready, it's triple the price. Yeah. And someone said, uh, I was listening to someone that I like on YouTube and he said, it's not about time in the market. It's having been having time in the market, which is the most important thing. Absolutely. Now here's where the hesitation came in. I don't like debt. I don't like borrowing. I bootstrap everything. If I can't, if I can't afford to do it, I just don't do it. Okay. But okay. that restricts me too. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not saying that I've never been in debt because I have, but I've, when I get in debt, it's because I've been put in the corner and that's my only way out. Okay. Not you, you never leveraged, you never right. leveraged it. To, and to that's my point. That, that's where my hesitation has screwed me. It was because I could have done what I wanted if I knew how to leverage debt properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Robert Kiyosaki is brilliant for that. Yes. He reached I, out I, I, the quadra and it's, it's amazing. You can learn. So I've read his books as well. Yeah. He's brilliant. Um, next question. What are you most proud of? My persistence. I don't give up. All right. I can see that. I can definitely see that. And uh, last question is, what does legacy mean to you? Reputation. Basically, I'm building legacy now. I'm no longer interested in the uh, accumulation and whatever. I'm working on legacy. Yeah. And my legacy is how I want to be remembered and how I can inspire and help people, you know, going forward. Yeah. Awesome. And, and last thing, uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Um, they can just Google my name. And I'll show up all over, or you can even go to my uh, justaskjohn.ca. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. Pleasure.